0: So as I get all of my jazz up here, um, first of all, I am wrecked by that worship set. Thank you very much. I had to re-glue my eyelashes on. <sighs> and, you know, that phrase in, the, in that worship set, I'm, uh, right now I am winging it, which is a really bad place to be as a speaker. Um, especially if you know me. Uh, um, I will not be overwhelmed. Um, You might be in this room right now, and you might think, that feels like a lie. I am overwhelmed. Gosh darn it, my eyelashes are going to come off. (laughs) Just, if they've, first row, if you get hit with an eyelash, I am so sorry. (sighs) But if you believe one part of the Bible is true, you have to believe all the Bible is true. If it says that I will not be overwhelmed, take that as a promise. Even if right now it doesn't feel like it because it isn't but it will be. Tonight tonight I'm going to share I'm going to give you a little glimpse tonight. I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about a time after uh, our diagnosis where I didn't talk to God for almost a whole year. I didn't feel overwhelmed? I was overwhelmed. But you know what? I'm not now. Because He is my redeemer. And if we stay true to what the Bible says and we get in there, we find out that it is true. All of it. All of it. I love being up here in the mountains. We spent a majority of my childhood vacations in the mountains. We were campers. And one of my favorite parts of camping as I got older was the campfire at night, okay? That smell of the wood burning, turning into those glowing coals, the sound of that that crackling, popping sound, and that light of the campfire just would sparkle over every reflective surface possible. Uh, I loved the light of a campfire. But there is something else in the forest that enjoys the flickering light of a campfire and I found that out my seventh grade year and I would wear these clips and you might remember these these were the goody barrettes the ones that would like shave off a part of your thumb skin as you were trying to get those in so and I probably had them in there at that point um, so I had these shiny gold ones and I brought them with me camping and I, and I had them in. I put, got my sweatshirt on. I put them in my hair. I came outside to, you know, come poke the fire. And my dad says, you probably don't want to wear those shiny things in your hair. And I indignantly answered, why not? And I'm sure he answered, but I did not pay attention because, you know, teenage angst. We know everything. So night falls we gather around that campfire, the glowing light flickering over all of the surfaces, including my shiny gold goody barrettes in my hair. And up in the treetops, I hear... And it's... it's yeah. I hear everybody over here smarter than me in seventh grade. Um... I'm thinking to myself, that sounds like wings, but birds don't fly at night. <laughs> what? what What? on earth could be flying? That can't be, that can't be wings. So right around the time, and all you figured it out, what's something that flies at night? Hello. So right around the time I got as smart as all of you, this bat swooped down grabbed my clip and a good portion of my hair straight off of my head. Okay, so I screamed in equal amounts of horror and pain. And my dad, just sitting there, (laughs) poking the fire. I told you not to wear that shiny gold thing in your hair. Wise words of a father. Bats love shiny things. But you know what, ladies? Bats aren't the only thing that like to chase shiny things. Last night, we were in Luke 11, and we started in our ready, set, glow. We had G, God as light. And we spent some time in small groups looking at all the different attributes of God as light. He's our guide. He's our wisdom. He sets boundaries. He is glory. He is hope. He is all of those wonderful things. We touched a little bit about stories, hard stories, and how God uses those stories to light the way for others. Luke 11 was... A 33 last night, no one lights a lamp and hides it in the cellar or under a basket or in a drawer, but they let it shine so that those around can see by its light. This morning, we're in L. Did I make the L go right way? Okay, right? I knew my left and right until I started teaching. (laughs) If you're a teacher, you know the pain, right? Switch way. Yeah, let's go out. So today we are L, which is light illuminates our hearts. We're going to be reading Luke 11, 34 to 36. So these next set of verses after Jesus has read our minds and said, Don't hide the light I gave you. I know you want to, but don't do it. He has a little bit more to say about the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it's bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part darkness, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. It's a little bit safer to talk about darkness (laughs) in the light of day. And, And as I read those verses, I'm a very visual person. When I read verse 34, when it says the eye is the lamp of the body, You know, I have this vision of, uh, okay, so I watched a lot of science fiction in the afternoons of Saturday, like when they had cartoons on Saturday mornings, and then the cartoons would stop, and then there were movies, and you just kept watching because there was nothing else on except golf, and who wants to watch golf? So I have this vision of, like, eyeballs, where it's like shooting out stuff. I'm going to aim it a little bit so you don't get it right in your eyes. So like this light shooting out of eyeballs or maybe, I mean, I don't know, a lighthouse perhaps if you want a better example of what that light might look like. So it's, it's shining out. And then the verse continues. And then when your eye, but when the eye is bad, It's full of darkness. Now, in in my kind of lame mind picture, my focus is right here on my eyes, okay? Eyes bright, eyes dim, eyes bright, eyes dim, but I'm not really focused on the source of that light. Where am I getting that light Now, last night I told you when you search for your where, I'm sorry, you don't search for your where. When God gives you your where, you dig in and you do all kinds of research and you look at concordances and all of these great resources. And as I was looking in all of these different resources, I found that in Jewish literature, many times the eye is synonymous with the heart. Now, this changed the mind picture for me. So your heart is the lamp of your body. When your heart is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when your heart is bad, it's full of darkness. The light in us needs to be Jesus and not the darkness. And last night, we were in verses that talked about light. Jesus is the light of the world, and he's wisdom and truth and glory and direction, and he is the way. So when our heart is healthy, it's full of light. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about this light that we hold in our hearts. It's not just a going out kind of thing. It's not just a gospel for the world. It's not just shine the light of Jesus to everybody else. I mean, it is that. But it also shines light inside of our hearts. It shines the light on things that maybe we don't want to know are there. Or maybe you don't even know are there. Secret secret sins, doubts, fears are all hiding in the shadows of our heart. Things we don't even know. We don't know what we don't know. We think we're pursuing the light of God when really, We're pursuing something else. There are many things in this world that pass for light that are not the true light of Jesus. There are many things that distract us from the light. Much like a bat that grabs your shiny gold clip out of your hair. There are many shiny and bright things in this world that keep us from pursuing the true light of Jesus. John Piper said it this way. There are many bright shine bright things in this world that keep us from seeing the true light of Jesus. City lights keep you from seeing the stars. Candles seem bright, Until the sun comes out. We're going to revisit that tonight before we go outside. So, it does feel a little safer to talk about darkness in the light of day. So, I want to talk two things about the light of Jesus that illuminates our hearts. First thing, hiding the darkness. We have dark things in our hearts that we may or may not know are there until we let the love of Jesus fully illuminate what's inside there. I say we, I mean I. I have been a Christian for a long I might have been a Christian just in name only, okay? I accepted Christ in sixth grade. I had the believer's baptism in seventh grade in a swimming pool because it's the 70s and you just baptized just right away. Now, and then, okay, so I'll do an aside story. So I was was baptized in someone's swimming pool and then when you would have youth group swimming parties in that same pool I had a hard time swimming in that pool because all I could see was like my old dead body in the bottom of that pool <laughs> okay I had some theology issues in seventh grade so you know you're the old is the old comes off and a new creature comes out of the water but my old creature was still in the bottom of that pool so I had a hard time swimming in that particular pool so, I've done all of those things. I did youth group. I did vacation Bible school. I did mission trips. I taught Sunday school. I did all of the things. And the light, so the light of Christ was in me, okay? Fancy word for that, justification, okay? It was in there. But there were attitudes in my lamp, attitudes in my heart that led to a disconnect between What I said I believed about God and what my behavior displayed I believed about God. Attitudes like pride, judgment, contempt, anger, and a tendency towards control. Okay, an obsession with control any amens out there for me all right and I kept these attitudes hidden in those shadows in the dark in my heart and I and I covered it up with layers upon layers of of volunteering in church and a layer of making sure my perch matched my shoes and a layer of speaking Christian ease. You know, saying things like, I'm praying a hedge of protection around you. I i don't even really know what that means. <laughs> but Christians say it, so I say it. And all of those things are good things. If you say hedge of protection, I, I, I am not, I'm sorry. That is absolutely, all of those things are good. They are good things in themselves. And, and those things were working for me. I, I don't even think at that point I thought of them as dark things, as sinful things. They were working for me because on the outside, I had this Christian success look to me, Right? I'm blessed, hashtag, or no, hashtag blessed. I say you can't do it right. It was working for me until it wasn't. The Christian life is a series of steps forward. We talked about that a little bit last night. Fancy word for that, sanctification. All those steps forward. The biblical definition for sanctification is set apart for a sacred use that's heavy as christians we are set apart for a sacred use so i mentioned that i have i have two kids so kyler 15 years ago kyler whose first word no lie was hi she is rocking the sports programs in Visalia for that age group. She's gonna start preschool. Thomas, our son, he's walking and talking and he loves solving puzzles and playing in the mud and doing all the things that a typical one and a half year old would do. And he had very typical development, hit all of his milestones, Um, crawling, check, walking, check, Uh, mama, dada, truck check 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 that pinch or grasp thing right checkity check all of them done except when he hit about 18 months and at 18 months his language acquisition slowed and he seemed clumsier and he started only eating certain foods He's 18 months old, right? They are clumsy at 18 months old. And growth happens in spurts and stops and spurts and stops. And I knew this from my vast knowledge of having one whole kid in advance (laughs) and being a junior high teacher. Everyone grows at different rates. It's uneven, but there's growth. But then at two, he stopped adding words to his vocabulary. So at the at his two-year appointment, we I talked to the pediatrician in kind of this casual way. So hi. You know, Thomas, he's, you know, he's has he's kind of stopped adding words to his vocab. Should I should I be worried about that? He responded with, has he lost any words? No. Well, boys are typically less verbal than girls. And he has a very verbal older sister. Hi. In six months, I tell you, there's going to be an explosion of language explosion of language i can see those words hanging over his head in one of those cartoon bubbles like on the on the funny pages but instead over the next 6 months thomas's words one by one disappear And our beautiful, smiley, snuggly son drifted away completely and withdrew into a shadow of his former self. And his love of cars was replaced by placing his cars in rows. And his love of being read to was replaced with holding a book and looking at it like he couldn't remember how to open it. His typical love of people was replaced by responding to people as if they were furniture in his life. His typical smile was replaced with averted eye contact. And his eyes, his crystal blue eyes, they were vacant. So I scheduled uh, an appointment for Thomas for an evaluation uh, in the Valley, in in Visalia. It's called Central Valley Regional Center. And so we made an appointment with Central Valley Regional Center, and we went through the assessment. There's five people in the room, and they're very nice, and they would give him different tasks to do, very play-based. And he would do some of them and others of them. It was like they were speaking Greek to him. Stack these three blocks in this color pattern. Nothing. So they asked me a lot of questions, and they took tons of notes, and they smiled, and they nodded. And then at the end of the assessment, they said they would let me know the results In two to four weeks, two to four weeks, my son was melting into a puddle of his former self and I was going to have to wait two to four weeks. So one of the people, one of the consults, uh, people at the consult uh, walked me out to the door and she asked me at the time what I thought was an odd question. She said, can I guess Thomas's diet? Okay, she said, he used to eat everything, yeah, now he eats french fries, yes, milk by the gallon, yes, cheese, yes, chicken nuggets, Uh uh-huh, and she looked, I thought, she's got an answer for me, she looked at me, she touched my arm and said, it's gonna be okay and I knew at that point what she was not trying to tell me. I knew what I was going to hear when I sat across the desk from the doctor four weeks later and heard these words. Your son has autism. And in a moment that took weeks and months to arrive at our life, our shiny dream, I'm sorry, my shiny golden dream that I had been chasing for my family disappeared. My f- shiny golden dream that I was chasing, this ideal, it died. And it was exchanged for an unplanned, hard story. Has anybody else had their life turn upside down for a hard, unplanned, unexpected story? So about a year into our diagnosis, I shared this earlier when I was crying on the stage at the very beginning, I had a real knockdown drag out with and I'll, I'll finish sharing that tonight. But what I can tell you is that Thomas's autism diagnosis broke my heart. But when my heart broke, when the lamp of my body broke, the light of Jesus was able to finally get in there and illuminate things in my character that were darkness and needed to change. Ladies, hear this. This is, this is important. The darkness is not the hard story. Autism is not, it feels dark, but it is not darkness. Cancer is not darkness. Depression, addiction, bats stealing your shiny gold brand new goody barrettes that is not the darkness the darkness in our hearts is the sin nature that the dar- that the hard stories shake up in our hearts and it floats to the top that's the darkness the hard stories they're just real life Those dark attitudes that I had in my heart. Pride that I thought I could do anything if I worked hard enough. Judgmental attitude that my way is not only the best way, it's the only way. I'm sorry, Kyler. It's it's still something I struggle with. (sighs) The idea, I'm embarrassed to say this, the idea that some people aren't worth my effort to be seen. And my need for control, control at all costs. Those are the attitudes that really shook that were in that were the darkness. But when we had an autism diagnosis, oh, shake, 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 floaty, floaty, floaty. Are there things that God is trying to shine a light on in your life with your hard stories? I have to ask, I had to continue to ask myself this question. What am I chasing in slide five? Am I, am I chasing the true light of God or am I chasing the false light? There is much that passes for light that is not the true light of Jesus. We're going to go just for a little bit in Matthew chapter 6, which is a little bit in front of of Luke. Um, The thing about the Matthew, Mark, and Luke is they tell the same stories about Jesus, but from a different point of view. In Matthew 6, it is Matthew hearing Jesus talk about the lamp, but it's his Instagram. What are those things? Filter. it's his filter. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to be uh, Matthew 6, verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If that light in you is darkness, if it is a false light... How great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Some versions say mammon. All right, so what filter in your head, think about it, what filter did Matthew add in this section, what did, what what are some of the things Matthew added? What did I hear? Can't serve two masters. Talked about money. Awesome. False idols. Okay, so something you need to know about Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector, right? And much like my husband, who is a banker and really good with the maths. They, their filter is always money. Always, how much is it going to cost? What's it, what? Can we? I don't know if we can afford it. Is it in our long-term plan? <sighs> Where's our budget? And then he talks in other languages I don't understand, like credit and smash, 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 smash. <laughs> All I hear is. I say, groceries are more expensive. And he says, you can't make that work with the budget I gave you five years ago? But you're so good, honey. I know you can do it. Okay, that's, that's mar- again, singles, we'll talk later, marriage counseling. Okay, now, there is nothing wrong with money. Don't hear me say money is bad. You just can't serve it. You can't, it can't be your master. Okay? I mean, think about that word, master. Something that controls you. Something that you serve with your time, your talents. Some shiny golden dream, perhaps, that you are chasing. It doesn't have to be money. It can be a perfect little family. It can be perfect little family in matching outfits every Sunday. It can be farm-style furniture. It could be white farm-style furniture. It could be a successful career. It could be a political party. It could be a unicorn collection. There is nothing wrong with any of those things It just can't be your master. It can't be what you serve. It can't be what you focus on. Because if you do, it has moved into the idol category. Idols are not just shiny golden brettes. I mean calves. They can be white furniture. What are you focusing on? So, if we have a tendency to hide the darkness, and there is something that is true light, and there are things that are false light, what do we focus our lamp on? Wise words from our Father. I mean, who are you letting speak into your life anyway? Not everybody needs to have the same volume in your life, do they? Those people on social media that you don't even know, why do they have more influence on you than what, the God, what God says? Right? People on the news, why do, they, why, why do they get you so spun up when God says, you know, it's peace with me. I'm, I'm going to let you be an overcomer. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am going to save you, not those other idols. So what are you focusing your lamp on? Oswald Chambers had this to say, beware of anything that competes with your loyalty to Jesus Christ. And Sorry to say, it's not going to happen by accident. You're going to have to practice, repeat, practice, repeat time and time again. You don't get good at anything unless you do it repeatedly. It's why I'm terrible at golf. And there are so many ways that you can pursue God. So many ways to pursue the wise words of the father. When I was uh, had little kids and I was really gonna get serious after I, after I stopped talking to God and then decided I was gonna start talking to God again, um, I, one of the Bible teachers I listened to um, said that she would get up every morning at 4.30 in the morning and she would light a candle and she would open her bible and she would have her quiet time. And so she seemed successful, she seemed, you know, she seemed to have her stuff together. So that's what I decided I was going to do. I was going to get up at 4:30 in the morning and let you're laughing cuz you know where this is going. <laughs> I'm going to get up at 4:30 in the morning and I'm going to open my bible and I am going to have guess what? I failed. Because if you're, and if you're a mom with little kids or have little kids, um, if you get up at 430, guess who else is getting up at 430? Right? Yeah, it's just not going to happen. So in my head, that was the only way that you were supposed to, that there was one right way to pursue God. That is not the case. Okay? There are many ways. It's a process to pursue God. And if you can do the 4.30 in the morning candle thing, amen, praise the Lord, maybe someday for me. Just not yet. In your booklet, there is a list, not just a few, of different ways that you can pursue Quality time with God. First thing, priority time. Stop calling it quiet time. Because in my house, especially during COVID, when we were together 24-7, was it quiet in your house? No. Priority time. It's priority time. And it's not, it might be singing worship songs. There's a giant list of different ways that you can pursue God, that you can focus your lamp upon. It's one of the ways I finally found to have success with God. Remember, I guess last night, I was walking and I was listening to the Bible on a Bible app. That counts as time with God. God. I finally read through the whole Bible by listening to it. And it's okay, because really the Bible is an oral tradition. I've got like a whole reason. But there are many ways to pursue wives' words of the Father. Choose one that works for you. Practice, repeat, practice, repeat, time and time again. What are you going to be focusing your lamp on? I still get a physical paper every day. If you don't, I, I love you, but you should try it. It's, it's all the feels. It's this, I don't, yeah, I'm kind of a, a dork. It's all fine. So Wall Street Journal, uh, this is an article from last year. It is dated September uh, 10th. 2021. It is a, an article on the 20th anniversary of the fall of the World Trade Center. It's been 20 years. So there's a picture. So it was a retrospect of some pictures from, right? Okay, if you work at the Wall Street Journal, I'm hoping just saying it out loud doesn't like infringe on your copyright for this picture. So uh, the lady in this picture is Jenna Picorillo, and her son, Vaughn, is just three months old in this picture. And so they went back and they interviewed the people in some of these famous pictures. And I want to read part of the article to you and then talk about God's perspective. Jenna Picorillo awoke to what sounded like the crack of thunder. Yet when she looked outside her window, the sun was shining on what seemed like a perfect late summer day in Brooklyn. She put her three-month-old son, Vaughn, in his baby carrier, and they walked to the neighborhood deli for coffee. That's when I learned that the Twin Towers were attacked and it wasn't an accident, said Miss Picario. She then went on a rooftop and, in disbelief, watched as the towers collapsed. She was grateful for her son, but felt vulnerable and said, hopeless about humanity. I'm sorry I brought you into this crazy world, she recalls thinking as she gazed at Vaughn. Vaughn was 11 when his mom told him that he was in the now famous picture from 9 11. He said, it was kind of surreal to think that that was really me. And as he grew older, the photo made more of an impression on Vaughn. He noticed how his mother had placed his carrier so that he was facing her and not the terrible scene across the river. And she was looking at him. Obviously, my mother cares about me and my well-being and put me above the tragedy at hand. And I think a lot of parents would have done the same, he said. It's a good message, he added. You have to choose to decide which narrative to point your eyes at. I think my mother chose the ones of love and care over despair. And when I read that, I thought about God's focus in all of this. And so I want to reread part of it, but insert me and God. I note, as I grew older, the photograph made more of an impression on me. I noticed how God had placed my carrier so that I was facing him and not the terrible scene across the river, the hard story that I was going through. And God was looking at me. Obviously, my father cares about me and my well-being and put the tragedy at hand, the hard story at hand. He put me above that. And I think a lot of parents would have done the same thing, he's, I said. It's a good message. You have to choose to decide which narrative you will point your eyes at. Love and care or despair. So ladies, what are you going to focus your eyes at, your heart at, your lamp Are you going to focus on love and care or despair? Are you going to focus on the true light of God, the wise words of the Father? Are you going to focus on your hard story and the darkness that floats up from that?